Hi everyone, welcome back to the A's and D's podcast. Today we're going to be talking about that thing that everybody wants, power. So we're going to give you a brief history into Ugandan politics and all the people that stand to have the most power. We're going to compare and contrast the different constitutional monarchies and see where the differences lie. Um, so I was just thinking, guys, do you think in modern day society there's a need for us to even have a monarchy? I'm really not too sure on what they do. From watching The Crown, I just know that the, presi- the pri- Prime Minister in the UK brings this information, ideas that he wants to do for the country. Queen says, mm, yes, but technically she cannot say no, actually. She kind of has to agree with him. I don't think they do anything, really. Um, I agree with you, Daphne. I think Parliament itself sort of runs the country compared to the um, queen or to the king um, and queen in Uganda. And um, I think from the conversations I've had with a few people, um, regarding people in power in in Uganda, it it sounds like that the president sort of runs the country and um, makes all the decisions. But I don't think their purpose is to do something. They represent something. So they represent an antiquated concept of one family being the best family and how that shows off how rich the country is. Mm. So if this big family has all this gold and they represent this country and the country is also rich by proxy, um, I think that's quite an outdated process. We don't need one family to show us who's boss. Like they don't even really represent the state of affairs in England or Uganda, I imagine. Um, So yeah, I don't think there's any need for it. Um, But I do see that it's a nugget of history that if you completely got rid of and you just had presidents, you might lose something. Because I know with the Ugandan um, monarchy, it's all about the kingdoms. I guess the same could be said about the UK. Mm. Um, so I'm a bit torn with that side of things. It's almost like because it's Uganda and it's <laughs> ethnic history. I'm like, they're going to lose so much from it. And like the UK, I'm like, what history? <laughs> Which is a bit rude. Um, there is history on both sides. Um but yeah, I think I'm a bit torn as to whether it's worth getting rid of because I don't want, yeah, that small bit to be lost. Yeah. Um. Doesn't the queen bring in more money into the country, like the royal family? Don't they? And they like the highest sort of like um, tourist attraction. Yeah, and they bring in the most amount. So I wonder if that's the same thing also for Uganda. Do they? Does that family? Yeah, I, I believe I believe so. I mean, I do I they don't do think so. I don't Google think so. Uganda and go, can't uh, wait to go to, to see, see what the king No, but when when people go to Uganda, they visit, um, you know, the Buganda Kingdom places yeah they know they 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 go there they visit the cultural places and as part of your tourist package i guess you could go see the outside of where the kabaka stays there's some type of Buckingham palace that people (laughs) (laughs) it's a little bit like here no it's a little bit like here when people come over here they can go see the outside of the Buckingham palace yeah but it's the same thing in uganda you can go and see where the the king lives and the queen where they live on the outside news it's not common Mm. like i've never seen where the uh bloody king and queen live and i have when you were young i think that's something that if you're ugandan you might be like oh i'm back home and 
like the king is here. Yeah. But I feel like if you're a Western tourist, you're going to be going on those safari tours. That's yeah. what you're going to Uganda. You want to see the monkeys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, much could, so much can be said about what you just said. But I think, but I think if you're interested oh. in, in <laughs> unpack, <laughs> unpack that statement. <laughs> No, but I think if you're interested in terms of the country that you visited, you would want to go to um, to see their sort of type of Buckingham Palace that yeah. Uganda has. I, do we I, have one? I completely agree. We do. That. I think do there we? definitely is one. Yeah. But I think the difference is, I think we should completely scrap the monarchy because they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds or shillings um, kind of down the drain. Because I understand that they're a figurehead and they do bring in loads of tourism and stuff mm-hmm. but to me it, it doesn't weigh up it's not enough for how much they take from people because they there's no work there they go around waving um i just think it's so outdated even the idea that you're I born agree, into yeah. that much power is just like a bit weird mm-hmm. um especially when we half have a democracy like what's going on there would you be um, happy I, with the with like a state of affairs where they there was no monarchy but they they existed in the background or do you want them to be poor and we don't pay? No, I'm not saying. I don't want them to be poor. Go to work. Maybe yeah. you're a bit of a celebrity, um, but I don't think they need to be this massive thing. And I do think, um, in terms of the tourist attraction, the difference is I do think it in the UK it does make sense um, because of the British Empire. The Queen is massive. Mm-hmm. Like to every continent, the, the Queen of England is. Like mm. such a big deal to but that's visit. Because Buckingham colonizing. That's what I'm saying. Left, right, I'm, yeah, <laughs> that, that is why. That is why she's the biggest one. But whereas in Uganda, it's less of a tourist attraction because there aren't many things attached to it aside from like X. Um, yeah, no, there aren't very many specific attractions attached to it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it might be because we really don't know what um, exactly she does. But I feel like they do actually have jobs, not like an actual nine to five type of thing, Mm -hmm. but they still have things that they need to do, like charities that they need to sort of um, raise and Mm. um, sort of... um, But is that necessary? Also, other people run that. That It's not Mm. like it's only the royal family that can sign off. They come up with the ideas. They don't. They literally cut red ribbons. They don't. They're tourist attraction. As yeah. we've said. But either way, whatever they're doing is still bringing in money into the country. Yeah, so but we should we treat them really like Thor Park. Jobs. Mm. <laughs> 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 their title is their job. And that's what's bringing in the money. Not in Uganda. I don't think that's bringing in no. the money. Like exactly. I said, people go to see the gorillas. Yeah, they do go see the gorillas. <laughs> it's the landscape. For, in the bloody freaking wildlife. That's what they're going for. They're also, not... would you get rid of a monarchy if the tax... Like, for example, in Uganda, I don't think there's... I don't know what the tax process is there, but I doubt that the king and queen make money from taxes. If so they if don't, they're keep existing them. independently and they represent a bit of history, I mean, I don't think that's why I was comparing the ethnic mm. ethnic um, kings to Western the Western idea because mm. the Western concept is it's become more of a capitalist system. The queen's at the top. Yeah, but don't takes all the money. That's about more about the uh, like societal structure, whether or not taxpayers' money goes towards the queen rather than ethnicity. I think it's different in different countries, so you can't say yeah, but ethnic kings, Uganda, they don't take the tax. I was comparing just Uganda. Okay. So I'm not really sure if, if it's worth getting rid of something, if it's not if making it's not money, exactly, yeah. and it just represents something. Yeah, yeah I think I would keep yeah. that. Because I don't think that the queen and king in Uganda are getting paid um, the same amount that our queen here. Of course <laughs> not. <laughs> Obviously not the same amount, but I mean, like, what, equi- what could be equivalent? But again, it depends on... T- in terms of what, how much is be, is coming in, yeah, into the country. Also, to be fair, sometimes you don't need the cash. 
literal tangible literal tangible cash you get doors open for you like you might get free flights you know mm-hmm. other kings are inviting you over that's yeah the properties yeah the wealth in itself you get free houses so even if they're not getting actual cash they're probably living quite well um so yeah just a little brief very brief history um from what i've read and what i've heard um uganda uganda's kingdom is a little bit different from the uk we have several kingdoms um and you know this was from the beginning of time um i believe uganda has about five kingdoms as far as i know there might be more there might be less i'm not 100 percent sure but what i know there's about five um and basically back in the day just before the british uh colonized uganda um you know there were several several kingdoms um but then you know because of political power we had a president uh at the time you know in the 60s um President Milton Obote, who then abolished all the kingdoms. But then in 1993, then when we get a, our current president, who's President Yoweri Museveni, he then restored them. Um, so now I, I believe there's about five standing ones. Um, and the largest uh, of these kingdoms is our Buganda kingdom, which is ruled by the king. Um, Ronald Mwenda Mutebi, the second. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Kabaka means king um, in, Uganda, in Luganda. And also the queen is um, referred to as Nabagereka. Yeah. Um, I find, I, I kind of find this interesting because how is it possible, instead of us having generations, I guess we've had generations of different kings. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if you, think of, if you talk about the Uganda kingdom, there was a king before Motebi, obviously his dad, and then, you know, yeah. generations. But when you compare it to the UK, who've only had one kingdom, it's kind of bizarre that we, we need to have that many in a very small, tiny country. Um, Dan, I completely agree with you, because I feel like it takes away the power a bit of having the monarchy, because, yes, I get that the most popular kingdom is the Buganda kingdom, but if you have kings and queens for all the other kingdoms within one country, <laughs> who's the real king? Like, there's <laughs> kings coming out of the woodwork. I don't really yeah. understand how that structure works. And if you're a king of one of the other kingdoms, what does that mean in terms of your role? Like, um, I don't I think if you're... I would think that the king who has the majority of the population will probably be, like, the one on top. But the thing is, with a prime minister as well and we know that the monarchy don't do much what are you doing if you're one of the other you're representing kings? the people of your tribe that's a good yeah. point but you have to look at the fact that um all these like um boundaries are that our countries are yeah. western concepts so the Buganda was a territory that was run by this i don't know big renowned family and there were other territories around it yes yeah, true and these western people came over and said right we want to put all of you together make the most of all these riches and create this country that's why we have all these little pockets because they actually existed on their own. They didn't need this constitution or they didn't have the idea. Well, they had a territory idea, but it wasn't a country as we understand it now. So I guess when you're put together and there's so many people to control, you do need kind of one person in control. But back then I, I imagine they were okay just being in their own area. I think that made and, more sense. Yeah, and now that idea of borders and countries is very, it's, it's a norm now, but I think it, it does push out the, necessity for 
several kings having mangonis. Also, does it not put like the certain cultures, so the traditions that like Buganda traditions, then they're at the forefront of Uganda, yeah. and that's not yeah. fair on the other tribes. Like, I feel like that's also because of co- uh, colon- colonization, because they came over, and from what I understand, the Buganda kingdom had the best land and the most rich soil. So they made a treaty with the Buganda king, who then proceeded to help them control all the other kingdoms and create Uganda. So it works, like, yeah, it was a, it's a means of power. Yeah. That's kind how all these like, presidents have come into play. Because mm-hmm. um, in a weird way, even though they were kings, I don't think they were harmed really... for more power than they needed mm. um, until the English came over and said, here's some guns. I wonder if they also, if they've got their own sort of president or is it just the same president that's no, running no, they've got no, one no, president no, for the country no but like if we do have different kings and queens for no, each other. One president. no stop it the president <laughs> is we only need one we can't no no just uh we only have one president and we also have a prime minister just to add to the mix mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just connecting leaders what I find bizarre is that a country that ha- like had the concept of monarchy, i.e. the British Empire, um, came and took over. So when they came to Uganda, they said, oh, we're here to protect you. The crown will protect the Buganda kingdom. Just help us get all these other people in line and you're good to go. You'll have our protection forever and we'll control all your money. It'll be great. Everything will be equal. Um, that from the point that the crown took over, they actually started getting rid of kings. So our first king was, our first president, excuse me, was actually a king. And if you move fast forward to Idi Amin, common man from the army. So they've literally filtered out this concept of monarchy, even though they are a monarch themselves. It's like it, to control the country, I think they have to get rid of, of a bit of yeah. its history, which I think is crazy considering they're so obsessed with their own monarchy. So just to fill in the gaps, I was just going to say, I guess it takes away some of the work for them. So it's like, we still own you, um, and we're still the overarching ruler, but then somebody else do the actual running of the country. Mm, That is the easiest way to, like... Also, also, if you're taking over the country, and you're the queen of the country that's taken over, you wouldn't want to have someone else in the same position as you. So you, it makes sense to get rid of them and then just have one person that you can control behind the scenes. Yep. And they be the face of the country. Yeah, absolute power, I guess, you'd have. Um, so, yeah, first president was a king, Sir Edward Mutesa. In the middle was Milton Aboti, I think. Yeah. Um, and so that was after the country was actually colonised. And then everyone knows about General Idi Amin, um, who came in after that and made a mockery of our country. <laughs> yeah, and he, he wasn't elected, was he, Idi Amin? He actually just took the over. office. Yeah. yeah. He, took, he took over. And every time I tell people I'm Ugandan, I just get Idi Amin Dada. it's so sad that that is the one thing that when you speak about uganda it's the first thing that people sort of think about like our president and all the things um he did well from what they've watched in terms of um from the last king of scotland (laughs) 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 if you haven't seen that movie you can go watch it Mm. (laughs) um but do we actually think that any of that, any of the things that are portrayed in that movie are true? I yes. Know. I feel like sometimes, okay, I know. You think he ate people? A hundred percent, yes. I think he did. Oh my God. So we jumped into it a bit quickly there. Um, Way too quickly. Amin. 
talking about his favorite delicacy. <laughs> but let's Skin. dial it back a bit. He's obviously the most well-known dictator of Uganda. Um, we don't. No one knows about the other kings because his history and everything he did, um, his corrupt practices, um, the deaths he was responsible for, is very well known. Um, he actually started off in the military and wasn't that smart a guy. So definitely seems like the kind of situation where he was placed there um, to control the country by potentially the monarchy in the UK. Who Idi Amin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because then he could control that country and dictate over them. Like a figurehead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And do whatever, I guess, the Queen would have wanted him to do. I, I, I think maybe also in his mind, he probably thought fear would be like the best way to sort of control people because mm. then you can put them in place and um, in some type of order as well. So. And having someone like Put that in vibes. a country like Uganda means that it wouldn't move forward. It would always be in this kind of like backward dictatorship place. And the UK could say, oh, well, that's unfortunate. But I think they were definitely part of that decision-making process. Um, there is a few rumours about him that we just discussed. <laughs> <laughs> what he eats, um, people apparently. Uh, I heard a lot of other rumours about him that he actually would, at dinner parties, would have people's heads in his fridge. Mm. Anyone who had gone against yeah. Yeah, his position or questioned one. him. Um, so at the dinner party, people would know, like, this could happen to you if you dare step out of line. Um, a lot of these little things were shown in the film Last King of Scotland. Um, not sure if they're completely true, but there's a reason he was so feared, and I'm sure mm. some of these tactics kept people yeah. in mind. I think um, one thing that I also heard is one of his sort of personal photographers had to sort of like flee the country because of a picture that he took of Idi Amin that sort of did not please him. Mm. So you can see what um, people within his circle, even his advisors, all of them, they had to sort of, they were sort of like fearful of him and what was he what doing he in the do. picture? It was just a no. It probably was just a normal picture. As oh, someone would take a picture flattering. of you on the phone, yeah. Oh. <laughs> didn't get his right ankle, um, his right <laughs> side, didn't it? <laughs> Forgot to use the filter. <laughs> exactly. All the hour. That type of thing. So really and truly, I think anything that you, you could do that would displease him, um, yeah, you there'll be some consequences for that. How does everyone feel about his decision to deport all Asian people? If our listeners didn't know about this. There you go, you know, new fun fact now. He actually deported everyone. That's why there was an influx of Asian Asian immigrants coming over to the UK in, like, the 90s. Yeah. He made this, like, big decision to just get rid of them because they were running a lot of the businesses in Uganda. And actually, the economy was flourishing, but he felt like, I guess, it was he a wanted to take, for black people. He, he wanted to take Uganda back for Ugandans, um, which I think is ridiculous. I think that was an outrageous decision. I think when a certain group of people who are displaced themselves, like we were back, back, back in the day, when we all got moved to different, when we were colonized, um, when they helped build your company and build your traditions that we still uphold now, to get rid of them when they like brought you up is just a ridiculous act of racism. Like, I, I don't know, I, I can never be cool with that unless I'm happy to be deported today. Like, I think that's outrageous. I think his mental mentality was more of, um he needed the jobs that were within Uganda. Needed He wanted them to be run by Ugandans and not by other people that are not from that country. So um, well, from an article I read is that's the reason why he kicked them out because mm. he felt like they were taking all the jobs that Ugandans should be doing. Mm-hmm. But they were starting the businesses. If you don't have the business, where's the job coming from? Also, I think it was a, a pretty impractical decision because you're handing 
a business that's run by a business person over to someone who might have been a farmer and going, here you go, good luck with that. And that really affected the economy. We weren't doing so great because, you know, these people who weren't necessarily had the business acumen were running huge businesses that brought in a lot of money for the country. So I think in a practical sense, it was pretty stupid. Because they weren't actually in power in terms of like parliament or any of the kingdoms. I think if it was like they built a new kingdom, there was a some kind of internal civil war, then things would be very different. But it was very peaceful time. They were, they were also being killed at the same time. So um, I think where you mentioned that they were there to sort of, they were also displaced and they were there. So I don't think they also had a choice in terms of where they were type yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but what I'm saying, wouldn't wouldn't that be a good thing then if you have um, a president that's in power and he's doing all these sort of like non sort of he's doing all these things that are not right? Wouldn't you be happy to sort of be sent back to your country because you know but it's not that's what we're country. living in now with Boris Johnson? If we were sent back, that's what we're living in now. We descend no. from Uganda. We wouldn't well, have a home there. I don't. We, we can't home. compare what Idi Amin was doing to what Boris Johnson's I mean, doing right now. Look at the death toll. We can. We can look at the death toll. Like, you can. You can. <laughs> You're not just gonna be walking on the street and get killed. No, by people in parliament, anyways. I mean, they have probably hate might get killed by you know, like police? someone else. Yeah, someone police. Else. <laughs> police. Someone who's part there's of a, the. There's an army of people who could kill me when I walk down the street. Mm-hmm. But I do think I'm not saying it's the same. It's not the same. But I am saying it is compa- comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the way I, I think comparing them is a bit to me I feel like it's maybe a bit too stretching it a bit too far comparing what he was doing to what Boris is doing I just found out that he was married six times I'm just wondering the women that were attracted to him like why is it Money. all because of power? Money. They're probably some, terrified. I don't think they had a choice, some of them. Yeah. What do you mean they didn't have a choice? You probably oh, stole them. You good looking. Yeah. Fridges in the... The head's in fridges. Didn't Does die. anyone know how he got thrown off? Um, the Tanzanian army were looking for him. They were going to kill him because he invaded Tanzania. Mm. And um, the army overthrew the Ugandan army. Mm. And then they were coming for him. So he escaped to Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, I love that, that he's was... hiding, but everyone knew where he was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. <laughs> but he doesn't come back. <laughs> I mean, the Tanzanian army can't just go invade Saudi Arabia yeah. for one man, can they? Mm-hmm. That would be asking for war with it's another true. country, right? Yeah, so it would be. Well. Him trying to, he thought he had a lot of power. <laughs> Kicked out people, decided he could invade a whole country. And yeah. We said he wasn't smart. Yeah, it backfired immediately. <laughs> I remember but, this part of history was something my mum actually told me about. Like, they were actually locked in their boarding schools because they... There was so much fighting going on. She said that the lakes, the lake near her boarding school just had, was just blood. blood. Yeah. Oh my God. And they just had to stay in there until like he was overthrown or something. That's yeah. I remember mum also years. saying that they had to really like hide under beds to, so people don't know that you're living there. Mm. It was, it was horrible. And, you know, she was young at this time. So yeah. Imagine being, being born at this time and all these wars are just, you know, going. You were born center. at that time. No, I'm saying imagine being yeah. alive. Yeah, boy, like if they didn't survive, time. we wouldn't be here, boy. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be having this conversation. That's <laughs> kind like of a sad a thought. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you to the Tanzanian army. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. But it feels like all the people who have been in power in Uganda, well, I think, I guess this is after we were colonized, have had to overthrow each other. Kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem, even though there's this whole voting thing that happens in Uganda, I've never heard of 
Yeah, it's never a peaceful transfer of power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But yeah. that's, that's common with a lot of African countries. I think they try to sort of show who has more power and whether you sort of, you'll be able to look after the country. Yeah. Type of thing. But I don't think that's the right way to do things. Of why can't, not. Why can't people just vote and then whatever... I think the it's in the Western is, interest for the African continent to be a bit displaced. Yes. And yeah. to be a bit like a dictatorial mess, a bit backwards. And, you know, they might seem a little bit outraged in the newspapers, but I think they just let it be like that. Mm-hmm. And because they came there, separated people, told them, like, you know, you look like this, you look like that. Like the Rwandan situation I've heard about, they actually measured noses, mm. created divisions within <laughs> the country, left a mess, and then said, good luck. We've taken all your resources. Mm. Um, it's just a shame that it can't, we can't work it out currently, like, and stop overthrowing yeah. each other and have an actual democracy. Um, which makes me think that the power behind the African continent is still there, slightly yeah. colonial it and is. it's being run from here and puppeted from the West. Yeah, I guess sense. if you can never vote in the next person in power, how do we expect the leader to be good? It's just, mm-hmm. a good, it's always like a dictatorship. So mm-hmm. from one to the next one, it, we're never going to find anyone that stops that cycle. Yeah, and I remember when we talked to our cousins about it, they just go, TIA, this is Africa. Like anything that's like corrupt, it's just considered the norm um which is just upsetting and i can't even yeah. imagine how to how to change that yeah i remember when I, I think just growing up and like speaking to my british friends about africa and like you said you know everything is corrupt and i really want to get the idea of corruption out of the country but it's it's a fact it's just there and it, no matter how many conversations you have with people it's just at the end of the day like we can't even vote our next president in fairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you expect the actual people in the country to also sort of be um, have faith in it? Exactly. Yeah. If the corruption starts at the top, it, it just what's the word? It tickles it goes, down. It just tickles <laughs> down. Like to speak. Um, yeah. It's so funny. Even uh, is it funny? It's not funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> even looking at Uganda now with um, its access to social media. You know, um, people being able to see what's going on in other countries and being able to be outraged. Um, Let's just get into our most recent elections Mm -hmm. because people who are part of the Ugandan diaspora all around the, you know, the UK, USA, everyone was really passionate about what was going on. Um, Was it this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because Bobby Wine, for the first time, a musician, (laughs) went up (laughs) for um, the presidential position. And a lot of people are tired of... Museveni, he represents what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, this outdated idea that you have to, you know, serve the country with tyranny and fear and um, overthrow to get your power and just that whole idea of the dictator. Um, and Bobby Wine comes in, he's about the people, he's a bit more of a socialist. He wants he's a, a good things for it. Yeah, he's a revolutionary, he wants good things for the country. Um, so the things we're talking about sound like things that shouldn't be happening now, but in the most recent elections, we saw that you know, corruption still lies there and there's still no fair way to vote people in because in the end, although people from all over the world who are Ugandan, people from Uganda were avid Bobby Wine fans. Um, the electoral results re- ended with Museveni being in power yet again. Um, How long has he been in power again? Since 1986. <laughs> but yeah, it just goes to show that even with social media and like what we think should be the modern age, in that you can revolt online mm. and start a revolution because everyone is on the same page. There's still so much corruption that 
you know, Bobby Wine couldn't even make it as president, which we're all really pissed off about because yeah. it gave us that glimmer of hope that we thought, okay, finally, this is happening. You know, the world was watching. I say the world. Ugandan people from around the world were watching. Yeah. Um, but I just... It was suddenly switched off the internet, like, so people couldn't actually communicate. Was the internet or just WhatsApp? It was... Um, internet. 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 Yeah. And when we're Take talking about away. internet, we're not talking about Wi-Fi. Oh, no, we are talking about Wi-Fi. And, but what I mean data. is, like, your data on your phone was actually completely taken away. So we didn't hear from, like, our family members for days. Yeah. Um... Only one person got in touch. That like, oh, by the way, the internet's been taken off, so we can't use our phones or you, yeah. communicate in any way. And this is like something that appeared in the paper, like at the back. You know, this is when the West could come in and go, "Look, you, dude, this is not how you do elections. Like democracy, come on, stop doing this." But literally nothing. I saw nothing. Only my Ugandan family knew what was going on. It just mm. didn't. It was not of interest to the UK, um, which goes to show that they, you know, it's perpetuated by them they're happy with these kind of situations happening because mm. yeah i guess isn't isn't that affecting people's human rights if you're taking away it is and the it other is. candidate that's running for the position shouldn't be running from the army at fear of death yeah that's not an election he actually got arrested quite a few times as well and obviously we know the person behind the army is um, Mr. Seven, yeah. as well. so yeah there's quite a lot of like overwhelming evidence that shows that these votes or whatever was happening during mm-hmm. that election period was not right. There's and literally videos out there <laughs> of them throwing away votes. For <laughs> no, it cracks me up. It's irre- irrefutable evidence. Is that the term for it? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable how obvious it is that they were just adding in votes for this guy and he was controlling yeah. all the vote counters. Um, and obviously, like, Ugandans are still trying to fight this, even if where we know that he shouldn't be in power. That there's quite a lot of protests going on in various different countries, just trying to sort of raise some type of awareness that um, he shouldn't be in power. But but the English want him there because mm-hmm. they're going all guns blazing to other countries when they decide there's enough resources that they need there. Mm-hmm. But when it's not in their in, in their interest, you won't even be able to read in the newspaper that the power's been switched off in a whole country <laughs> because of the person who leads the country. So you've heard what we understand of um, Ugandan politics. I know the word corruption has been thrown around a lot, but that's what we have seen and heard even from our parents um, of the power um, logistics over there. Um, It'll be interesting to just kind of jump over the pond and take it to the UK. Um, I'm going to pose a question. I wouldn't say that it's the same because we vote our prime minister in. And no one has to be, you know, shot or assassinated. It doesn't have to be a war (laughs) for the transfer of power. And also we've seen examples where if the country feels that the prime minister is not quite fit for it, um, there's usually a way to sort of like, um, sort of get them off. Pressure them off. Push them out, basically. I think there is some sort of corruption, actually, in the sense that politicians manipulate the people. So... Before they, you know, once they're running for prime minister, they will swear by ABCD mm-hmm. to provide all the needs that people need. And then once they're in power, they forget that. They yeah, forget they all these promises the they've few. made yeah. whilst they're running their campaign. So I think that's corrupt. So then yeah. if, if people are always making these fake manifestos, I don't understand. That means we're always like never going to get what we want because mm-hmm. they're, they're exactly. giving us some BS. Yes, uh, I think. Yeah. 
Um, I think when it comes to that is that they have all these um, ideas of changes they want to see in the country. But once they get into the seat, they realize really and truly they're not the ones that are making that. Basically, some other people within parliament have to agree on that bill. Mm -hmm. They have to agree on those changes. So it's not just you wanting to do it. Do um, your research before you run for any sort of candidacy then. I agree. I think you've been educated enough to know what is possible to an extent. Unless, yeah. as soon as you're sworn in, suddenly all the rules of parliament change. I doubt yeah. that happens. I'm sure there's some sort of book on it. Um, I also think there's definitely corruption. When you look at all the spending scandals with tax money, there's, it just, it's just endless. I, don't, I can't even remember a politician that we've had that hasn't had one. Like a dramatic mm. one, like three homes in the Cayman Islands. Like just outrageous stuff with taxpayers' money and they won't even do free school meals. Mm -hmm. like that to me is mass corruption mm -hmm. um and you know i think it's in slightly smaller ways so it's mm -hmm. i wouldn't compare it to some of the stuff that happens in uganda but i think some of it can have really detrimental effects so if you're using taxpayers money for your holiday homes and then you say we haven't got enough money for free school meals and then kids die it's like it, it does have a knock-on effect it's not the same but i i would view it as dramatic yeah and also some of that taxpayers money goes to the military as well so mm -hmm. there is that whole them controlling kind of in a, in a violent way, I guess, using their power of the military to go to other countries and do things that we might associate with the African continent. You're just not seeing it here. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it, people do struggle to say it is corrupt because it seems so extreme in Uganda. Like, we can't be living like that. Mm. Like, we all have an income. But, yeah, as you said, there's a way to do it that's just, I don't know, under it's the covers behind the bit. scenes. I yeah, think you, you don't just because the UK have more processes doesn't make them like more straight laced yeah i guess when you have access to all that money how can there not be corruption exactly mm. that's the problem with power everywhere though mm -hmm. it is yeah people who want it don't necessarily have the best intentions and even though they might campaign because they know this is the topical thing that people want like oh diversity right i'm on that because i want to be in power and therefore i have to speak your language or make sure that you vote for me doesn't mean in the end that they that's actually the intention they have or that that's what they're going to be proposing when they're in power. Actually, I mean, they, could, they could have those intentions. They could want I mean, to actually could. make a difference. I don't believe it. But then it. when they get there, they realise that they actually can't. Like, mm. I know you said you can do your research, but obviously there's um, certain ideas that you that you may think that won't go through parliament, but then they do. And there is some that you think they will definitely go through, but yeah. then they get shut down. So you can have the best of intentions, but once you get there, you realise that it's actually... You're not really controlling your hands. Yeah. yeah, I think because they're different members of party members, um, they can have such differing views and they can also get bribed. There's so much corruption within yeah. even your own party that you could get into. I'm not saying I feel sorry for the politicians in power. <laughs> I'm just saying that I can understand what um, Cool is trying to say with the fact that you, you might think you can have a bigger influence than you do. Mm -hmm. um, I also want to know, like, I'm just thinking about now, all the leaders around the world, why is it that people like Mahatma Gandhi aren't being reborn like the people who just want to care and they've mm. got power and influence and they want to do good stuff that is just it's redundant I, I don't know what's going on but we don't have any more of those like peace leaders mm. because they never really want to be leaders they're chosen by the people the people who want to be leaders are the corrupt ones because <laughs> they want the power yeah they want it's the true. power and that's, yeah. that's why I think power as a concept is inherently like connected to corruption because no matter what intentions you have for the people your own your own pursuits might supersede that. So you might be like, oh, it would be nice if they had more houses, but also <laughs> I prefer that 
as I'm from a high income family that I paid less tax. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you, because it works for you. Mm-hmm. But these leaders you're talking about don't have that want for power and mm-hmm. therefore they're never going to be in those positions of power until there's a revolution by the people, which I'm all up for. Guys, let's go. <laughs> First of all, you need to find that leader. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be a common man who has no want for power or money. Again. Common woman. Yeah, so power structures in the UK. Does the Queen actually have power? Who no. The no, the Queen doesn't have power. But they always say the crown. The bit that confuses me about the, like... The difference between the queen and the crown because like when you hear even members of the royal family um speak about the queen sometimes they separate that from the crown but then i want to know what what are the bodies that make up the crown i don't understand that yeah because it's thought of as an institution isn't it mm. even earlier when i was saying when they about them colonizing uganda it's like the crown protects this country and it's not like the queen turns up with a spear and she's <laughs> don't touch my ugandans i'd love to see it um, <laughs> I'm protecting them. The crown is like the entire country. I don't know. I think the crown signs the bills like um, in terms of like things that go through parliament and they need like um, sort of like royal assent or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's the crown. And I can see how... So is it one person or collective? Yeah, who is the crown? That's the queen. She's the one who has to give that sort of signature. So it is one person then. Yeah, but the (laughs) the queen title itself, the way I would see it is you're just... A figure that's there for the country like you're just a queen and then so she the has... crown is her responsibilities mm. okay that's how i would see it so okay i don't know if i'm saying it right i thought the crown was more like a body of people yeah like as you said they do take care of these responsibilities that the queen has but like they're almost like an institution like the mm. bbc <laughs> um, that's what the crown is is a big institution that protects surrounds the queen and protects her mm. but also makes sure her interests the country's interests are all aligned yeah, but it's what I could be and she's the silent mother yeah figure. i i definitely think like she has an advisor um who i mean based on what i've seen on the crown tv show she has an advisor so that is part of the crown it's not just her she doesn't make up all if she wants to oppose the parliament, she will speak to her advisor first before mm. she oppose, opposes the parliament, which will then won't even carry any weight anyway. But and I guess, yeah. and I guess the with the crown, it's not like her opinion, like her subjective opinion of what she she should do. She might yeah. do things that she doesn't want to, but it's better for the crown, but the government. What, or that's why you go where. And you go back to it's just her responsibilities. Just yeah, she's doing she her job. Do. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I, I agree with the responsibilities thing, but I just don't understand why the crown, these advisors, can have more power than the queen. That, to me, doesn't make sense. If the queen doesn't want to do something, how is it that these people, we don't even know who they are, how they got voted as part of the crown, um, have more of an influence than she does? I struggle with that. I don't understand how or where these people can be combined. I don't know if it's the royal family. I don't know if it's experts to be because when they talk about the queen, like um, even late, um, more recently, um, when Meghan Markle and Prince Harry um, absconded from their responsibilities, it sounded like the queen doesn't want this, but the crown does. But I'm just like, she has the ultimate power. Who could be more than her and tell her, "Nah, you're not doing it." Like they I advise think, her. Yeah, the, but then <laughs> they, they can't. They, I know they advise, but 
at the end of the day, she could say no. I Why is it they're above her house? I don't think because they are advising. They tell her yeah, what she needs her. to do. Yeah, and also and then she from what does I've it. just peaked her. <laughs> it sounds like the crown also represents the monarchy in its history. Mm. So maybe that supersedes her own individual yeah. power. But who are they? Historians? How do they get to that? I'm trying yeah, to understand that. Being... I don't know. I don't work at Buckingham Palace. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and what I've read as well, it sounds like the Crown, the House of Lords and the House of Commons get together to be what is known as Parliament, which I didn't realise even had anything to do. I know the Queen has to sign things, but I didn't know they considered the Crown as the third body that made up Parliament. Yeah, um, she does. She is part of it. Um, she signs off, but I don't. She Why doesn't have off something she doesn't even believe in because it's because best for the crown. Yeah, this it's is, best I mean, for the country. It's not about her opinion. Yeah, but she thinks it's not best for the country. No, that's she, if she thinks this is what the crown would want, then she would sign off on it. If she personally is like, not, I don't nah. think it's her. I think someone, whoever this crown thing is, who is above her? This is the craziest thing where something can have power and no one really knows what it is. Yes, yeah. so it could just be like, I don't know. Uh, the top, you know, the top five um, corporate banks, and they're mm. the actual crown, and they, they literally control everything. But I see it as because like they have the money. But Does I see it as like you see how Boris Johnson, you know, passes a bill, and then everyone else has to kind of agree. I see it as that. But yeah. even then, they vote. But again, Boris Johnson puts through these bills. It's not like someone tells Boris, um, "I want this," and then he goes, "Okay, I didn't really want that." But okay, that's what it sounded like with the Queen. I don't understand. I that. don't think it is that. I think people do vote or they discuss it, and then everyone collectively says yes or no. So then the Queen would have then to they agree. Take it to though. the Queen, yeah, the Queen has to agree. If a majority say yes, then for she her, has to go with she it. She has to go with the yeah, vote. Yeah, so she's a majority. She's, she's a majority only vote. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's <laughs> a collective of people. Wow. I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's her. Like, I don't want to be a Queen if that's the case. I feel like the, I don't think she wants it. Although she has a title that sounds powerful, she actually has no power. She really. actually, yes. no, I don't think she does. I do believe it's like banks and stuff that control what happens <laughs> in this country. <laughs> Honestly, this idea of the crown that can justify everything, and it's like the oldest form of government is the crown. Mm. So you can say the crown decided to put up interest rates, the crown. Yeah, and if you think about you it. Pay more tax. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, everything goes back down to the economy so what's good for the economy exactly. i guess every single bill acts. that's passed is what's in the best yeah. interest of the country i guess if you put a name so on it like could be the banks if you said the crown was the queen then people will come for her but if you say the crown people don't really know what's going on with that confuses yeah them. i agree with yeah. that but you don't know who to sort of argue with yeah it confuses people but that's, because they that's... include the crown in very personal affairs mm. so that's when i get a bit gets a bit strange it's not the same as like big decisions for a country mm. That's why they have to separate the two. The Queen says this, but the Crown says that. Yeah, exactly. So it makes her look innocent. Do you think it's, yeah, that, in that sense, it's in the interest of, like, Parliament and the country to keep the monarchy there? They can kind of be our scapegoats or, like, yeah. the yeah. reason something happened, but we can't get rid of them. They belong to this country. <laughs> like, sorry, guys, they said it. Um, that is just mad. It is, like, yeah. How do you guys... Um, how do you guys feel about... Um, I feel very angry about this. Um, lords and ladies having a say in the crown for example and even in like voting new bills in because they aren't elected they're like old families you can just become a lady by birth mm. um that really bothers me because i'm just like i don't understand why they're educated people struggling to get these mp roles mm-hmm. and then we have people sitting there who have just been born into it making massive decisions about a massive group of people yeah that is what i can't deal with that 
Could it be because um, they've had, obviously, as you, you mentioned, educated people, they've also had a certain type of education. No, nope. that yeah, it doesn't that mean you're smart. Are, you can have yeah. the education, but your IQ could be low. It's not even that. They might, they don't have the pre, they don't have to have gone, done any form of education. Just, you don't have to if you're born, born just to be born rich white people. So we you assume have to have the right granddad. <laughs> yes. Are sitting in there making decisions about working class ethnic people. That's absolutely what it it's is. Wild. So it's not even like if they said that you have to do a test, mm. you have to have gone to Eton, even then I would be very concerned. Mm. But I just think it's ridiculous. There's yeah, no it's a bit it's wild. No... I just don't like people who make decisions, let's say for the working class, who have never been there. Mm-hmm. Like you're up there on your high horse and you're making a decision for someone below you when you don't know what they're going through. So mm. I just don't like that in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. I, I think agree. Parliament has to be a reflection of the population, the society, yeah. mm. at, like in in all its diversity. Um, but when we're, we're nowhere, we're nowhere near that. We'll yeah, when we do have someone in power, Pretty Patel. Oh, God. they talk about how they don't <laughs> like people of color and they're just puppeted. Mm. They're puppeteers. They represent something that looks like society but actually they're being controlled yeah. by an old white man yeah. um yeah it's all very distressing which makes me think that yeah our country's not so much it's better corrupt. Is it? <laughs> no especially if we think that we've moved on and we have democracy but as you mentioned the house of lords still exists so they're mm. a constant representation even the crown the representation of something that just doesn't quite fit with the this uh, the guys we're under like this facade of democracy and having all these equal rights mm. yeah it shouldn't exist yeah, uh, if we time. haven't elected you, you shouldn't be yeah. Yeah. power making doing? decisions. Mm. Yeah, I think the one thing that um, that I know the Queen does that's quite good actually is um, she does these celebrations, sort of like owners rounds, um, where she sort of thanks people that have done something that is exceptional or outstanding to sort of help the community mm. or to help um, an organization. She has these celebrations twice a year where she literally anybody can get nominated um no matter what age what race you're from you can all get nominated and um that's a good thing to sort of recognize the hard work that our citizens are doing within the country i always wonder which part of these things is actually the queen's idea or is it (coughs) someone is it someone telling her oh yeah this will be nice for the public you should do that do you get what I mean? Like, we don't actually know what her personality is like. We don't actually know what part of the things she does. She's the one that chose that. She's the one that thought about it and thought, let me give back to the community or whatever. I think she I definitely was... has advisors. I doubt she's on Instagram being like, oh yeah, that, this person's doing so much. Yeah. <laughs> checking them out, going on their website. I don't think she... she no, no, it's not she... about picking the person. Like, the idea in itself. Mm. It, did an advisor give her that? Or did she think about it and said you know, brought it to her advisors and we don't know. let me, you know, let's, let's do this. It's a nice thing to do. I think it is nice, but I'm also like, don't give me a medal, give me equal opportunities. Exactly. I'm not like, wow, oh, I can hang it up. The queen gave it to me, but I can't get, my kids got their job. Like, um, I'm just like, me of our most recent Ugandan, uh, George the Poet, mm. rejecting the MBE. Yeah. That was actually another way of the queen being, recognising his, um, like his poetry and his activism and how that's influenced people and stuff like that. And um, he just outright said, no, I don't need that. Like your colonialism has ruined my, like my descent, my family, my, I'm displaced because of you. And mm-hmm. that MBE doesn't, 
you know, I think he said it was like it would be corrupt for him to even take it, which I really respected. I'm with that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Yeah, but I guess some people might see it as, okay, I'm not getting sort of equal opportunities or something, but someone is actually up there appreciating the work that I'm doing and um, it's come to the Queen's attention. And obviously, how many people can say that? Like, there's yeah. so many people that do a lot of stuff mm. for this country and they still don't get recognized. Mm. So I see where he's coming from. I'm not trying to discredit that, but I think there's quite a lot of people that also do value that sort of uh, recognition even if you're not getting any monetary or type of reward from it they do but it keeps the power structure as like the queen is the most important person so if she recognizes you as opposed to other people actually recognizing what you've done it's like that's a good thing to sort of recognize the hard work that our citizens are doing within the country we hope you've enjoyed this episode it's just a little dipping our toes into where the power structures are and monarchy and what that means to us which is kind of nothing. Um, <laughs> and uh, we hope you've at least learned something new because even we have on the mic. And uh, we hope you listen again. Bye. Bye.